Week two of the NFL is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code POSTGAME to receive $150 in free bets when you place a bet of $1 on any football game. That's promo code POSTGAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Today on the postgame, we recap the PLL Championship and everything that went down on and off the field. We talk NLL Twitter. We get into chaos defenseman Jack Rowlett and the on-the-field, off-the-field heater he's been on, including some ladies on Twitter. Then we have a very special episode of the postgame featuring the first-ever Postie Awards. Have a lot of great categories, a lot of awesome nominees, a lot of awesome winners. Had a blast doing this. Um, we'll be back next week with some interviews, but for now, it'll just be Nick and I taking you through the awards. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of the post game. Our first ever posties award. This is a monster event. And if you haven't been paying attention, this is a celebration of, of us cleaning house and absolutely dicking on everybody else in the content game for an entire year. Celebration wrap ups, reminiscing all that good stuff. But before we do that, we need to break down the PLL championship game. And before that, Evan, how was your weekend? Uh, weekend was good. I went to another wedding yep. um, <clears throat> down in Long Beach Island. It was really nice. Um, it was one of my girlfriend's best friends from home. Sorry to bring up my girlfriend. Um, yeah, wow, right <laughs> in my face, dude. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's There's throwing salt in the wound too soon, too soon. Um, but it was nice. I, I mean, I have a great time at weddings. And selfishly, like this is going to sound pretty scummy, but one of the best parts is like you get pretty hammered for – two straight days and don't spend a cent. Like that's really. not scummy at all. Like yeah. you, you buy I mean, them a $50 gift and you're like, well, that's my price of admission to ride all the rides. By the way, this behind me is a gift for, we'll get into this later, but it's a gift for what I'm going to do this weekend. It's such a good gift, but I don't want to really? give it away. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give it away after. It's so good. So good. Nice. Um, yeah. But uh, Where yeah, was, was this good. wedding again? So one, the one I just went to was in Long Beach Island, and then um, which is in Jersey. And then I'm going to a uh, a wedding out in West Hampton this weekend. Um, for my friend Harry Kacharzik, former Yale lacrosse player. That's pretty great that they're like close by. Like you don't have oh, to it's fly amazing. to like Kansas City or some shit. 
dude, the other thing is my girlfriend's family, not to bring her up again, they have a house in LBI. Wow, right my face, dude. They have a house in LBI. So we stayed there. Um, and then everybody in the bridal party, which my girlfriend was, stayed in the at the venue for the night. So we didn't have to pay for any like uh boarding. And then this weekend, like some of my friends have houses out there, so we're just staying there. So I don't even all I have to do is drive. That's a hysterical way to say that you didn't have to pay for boarding instead of just saying like a hotel. <laughs> yeah, boarding. We know. didn't have to pay for room and board for this wedding. Well, it's like I like an estate. So like if boarding felt right, <laughs> I don't know. It was it. just a funny way to say it. I don't, I don't know why yeah. that didn't. Room and board. You know, yeah. you got your, like if I feel like if I was filling out an expense sheet, it should say room and board. Like how much was it? I put zero. That's yeah, it. I was like, yeah, we got a scholarship to this wedding. We didn't have to pay for room and board. Um, no, that sounds good. Um, Okay. So as a, as a seasoned wedding veteran myself, and I'll jump into my wedding this past weekend. Um, do you have any like iconic moments was shout like your favorite? Um, were there any good speeches? Have you, have you started to learn like what your favorite parts of the wedding are? Yeah. So I'd say this past weekend, the highlight was the saxophonist. Um, also, as you know, I was a sax, I was a saxophone player. So I am going to get a saxophone pretty soon although they're like three fucking grand which i didn't realize yeah um, so we gotta we gotta do some more merch sales or something so i can buy a saxophone but i want to get back into it i feel like i can have it in my apartment and someone can be like oh dude like do you play and then i can kind of have like an anchorman moment like no not really but like i can give it a whirl and then just fucking crush it um, that's what i've always like you know whenever i have kids uh, they're going to be playing like piano or guitar. Cause I feel like those are the only two acceptable things. Like if you have a keyboard setup or like a guitar, I feel like it's such a psychopath move to be like, Oh yeah, let me just fire up the saxophone. Babe, nah, it's it's, swaggy. Yeah, Come it's on. a crazy move. No, they have like, like this guy had it on a stand and it looked cool. It was a black with gold keys. And I was like, if that thing was in my apartment, it'd be like a cool decoration. Someone asked, and then I could play like Mr. Saxo beat having a little party. It's going to be fucking epic. Um, so that was really inspiring. I'd say, I'll tell you this, whenever my wedding is, I am trying to implement a smoking hour and in the smoking hour, it's All like, right. you know, meant to have like cigars. You make your switch to whiskey. Oh, by the way, I'm fully into the makers on the rocks, like train at the weddings too, which gets That's a little greasy. Cool. It gets very greasy, um, especially at a wedding with my girlfriend's parents there. Things were getting loose. Uh, but the smoking hour is between, I, I've noticed that between the reception and the after party, there's like this little lull and the after party never really has like the luster that you expect it to. Uh-huh. So the smoking hour is kind of like recharge moment. The boys have like some sort of place to go to like smoke cigars and talk shop because I've noticed the groom at all weddings I've been to have sort of been like dying to like talk about what just happened, but like to the boys, like, dude, I just like got married. It was crazy. And like, they don't really have like a chance to chop it up with the boys who are there that they invited. So I want to implement that. It doesn't have to be an hour. It could be a half hour, but you got to call it hour because it sounds classier. And then you just rip the after party with everybody. That's and, like, crazy it- that you said that because I've long since said that there needs to be either a 30 minute, like in between the last song of the night, and before like you get on the bus back to the hotel or like whatever, where the bride and groom just have their VIP hours. And it's just- Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And like the, like the parents shuffle out during that. They like say goodbye. You're like, all right, bye. And then like the little like, kids leave, like the flower girl leaves, like the weird yeah. uncles leave. And it's just like, exactly. okay, group. Yeah. I've yeah. been saying that for, for a long time. And 
I think some people would just choose like uh, it's just a half hour of the bride and groom, like doing anything that they want. Cause I was talking to my sister about this and she was like, I had so many people just to say like hi to for 30 seconds that I, A, didn't get to talk to anybody and B, didn't get to like really spend a lot of quality time with the groom yeah. outside of like the first dance and stuff like that. Yeah. Like my girlfriend was in the wedding. So she has a bunch of pictures with the bride, but she was like, I didn't take any like normal, like party pictures with yeah. Nikki, who's her friend. She was like, we like barely even got to hang out. I'm like, that can't be the case. You need a smoking hour. Yeah. So, okay. So smoking. we're, we're exactly like, there we go. So if you need a wedding plan, <laughs> we, we got it down. The post-game wedding planning. <laughs> I, we're, we're dialed in on that. When Drew Wasserman marries that uh, Lauren girl on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> we can play she loves me now. Yeah, whatever. Someone's getting married. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know who. That's going to be my first wife, I hear. Um, so now that this is a wedding podcast. You were at a wedding this weekend? Yeah, and in contrast, <laughs> it was not that, you know, it was, it was the classic... Um, first time seeing all of the family because everybody was assuming I was going to get engaged oh yeah I remember you talking about this so it was just like the I honestly wanted to print out business cards of like the FAQs of the breakup like yeah we were just going in different directions yes we're still like you know reasonably you know not hostile towards each other yes I'm sad but like dude go going through a breakup and you're 28 it's like yes it sucks but like I can handle it what I can't handle is family members and people like thinking I'm going to go completely off the fucking rails. They were like, Oh my God, Nick, I heard about you and Jordan. Are you going to do a fucking gainer off of the top of this? Roof tonight? Like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, keep talking to me. Yeah. I'm like, if you keep asking all these questions and this is another thing that like, I haven't talked to some of these family members in like over well over a year, but because of their family, they're like, you can talk to me about it. You know, like we, don't worry about any, you know, anybody that's not in the family talk to me. And I'm like, listen, I'll talk to who I want to fucking talk to about it. And then I'll move on with my life. What I did do a very good job of and credit to me, great guy alert, humble brag alert was a keeping it together and be like, here's another thing. I can't believe how many people were worried like about me and my penis at a wedding. They were like, Oh, like, <laughs> Nick, you know, you, you got dumped two weeks ago. You, you have any of the bridesmaids look good. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, stop asking me about this stuff. Dude, is that a thing, by the way? Like, I feel like it's got to be a really big wedding for there to really be like single mingling. Like I, the wedding I was at, like there were some single guys there and they're all like, I was sitting with them during the ceremony and they were, you know, like looking at the bridesmaids, like being like, oh yeah, like, you know, try like picking out who they would hit on and I was with all the bridesmaids at the rehearsal dinner. I was like, they all have boyfriends. Like, I don't think that that, like, I don't think it's shooting fish in a barrel at all, which like you get the vibe it's for from sure not. wedding crashes, like, I, which is totally accurate. Yeah. People think it's all like, people think it just, oh, because wedding crashers ruined it for a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah, they were like, Nick, what do you think? And I'm like, listen, this is the first time I've seen a lot of my family since COVID. I don't give a fuck about any of the bridesmaids that I'm <laughs> never going to see again. Like I'm trying to hang out like with my cousins uh, we're going like, you know, out back and like taking shots on the side and like, you know, my, I, I love my family. They're, they're like an awesome, beautiful shit show. And I'm like, I want to, I want to engage in that shit show after explaining, yes, I'm not going to fucking do anything crazy and take a toaster bath because I got dumped. <laughs> I'm actually going to go on a road trip and then move to Boise, which is going to be sick. Um, <laughs> but once like we got all that out of the way, they were like, Oh, you seem to be handling it really well. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm trying to stay off the liquor credit to me for keeping it together. 
And because I'm like way more mature where I'm not just going to go chase a bridesmaid and, you know, completely have it, you know, derail. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> my time with the family and then I'm going to go back. And I, I stuck to the game plan and it was one of the better weddings that I've been to all things considered. So honestly, look at us figuring out weddings. We should start a wedding planning company and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to hit the ground running. Next wedding is going to be Jack Near's wedding in San Diego, October 16th. So I was this close to getting the invite to that in Saratoga and I just missed it. Yeah. Honestly, I, needed to get a, I needed to feed him like four more drinks when I was I there. might still have a plus one. And if that's the case, we could take that posties teaser picture in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good weekend though. So, well, there was, it was a very eventful weekend in the world of lacrosse as well. Really? Um, yes. I am going to take full credit for reverse jinxing the chaos to their first PLL championship dethroning the whip snakes. Um, since you're a wedding, I'm assuming you didn't catch any of this game. No, didn't, didn't watch one yeah. second of it, but I caught like three highlights. I actually caught like 15 minutes of it. How um, did that happen? Because I was just like sitting around the house waiting for the wedding and I had nothing really to do before the NFL. So I watched like from 1230 to one. Yep. The, and then I watched Zach Wilson throw fucking four interceptions for the Jets, which was great. Are we going to uh, talk about the Jets on this pod or is that just going to be saved? I mean, we could talk about it, but call me crazy, uh, dude. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about them still. Like, I thought the dude. team play- – Stop. Dude, Stop. all right. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. No. I, okay. okay. I will. Here we go. Ready? So, the defense played very well. CJ Mosley, Marcus May, who are probably the most talented players on the defense, played well. The D-line held up strong. I mean, they didn't, like, look bad at all. Then we ran the ball very well against a very good front seven in the Patriots. And we didn't even have our best lineman. He's out right now. The only problem was our rookie quarterback threw a bunch of interceptions. And, you know, like Bill Belichick is a mastermind. He dominates rookie quarterbacks. So I'm not like Zach Wilson almost beat the Panthers single-handedly the week before. And that Panthers defense shit on the Saints this week. So I'm not like throwing them red flags already just week two because our rookie quarterback looked like a rookie against the best coach ever. I think it's going to be fine. We have the Broncos this weekend. That's Get a ready for the money line. Get ready for Zach Wilson's smoke. already used to the altitude from BYU. He's going to be slinging that We're thing. nice this year. Yeah, you guys are good. But um, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about Zach Wilson. And I think the Jets defense has – played well beyond expectation so i can't really be mad i mean am i happy about being on two no am i worried about the over six future no i think we can get there so we'll we'll see what happens but i'm certainly not i don't know yet. how long i can hear this before like i call either an intervention before i call something along yeah those lines. i mean if he bounces back if he doesn't bounce back this weekend then i'll start to freak out it's but just I, the jets whack-a-mole it's it's every single season. It's the whack-a-mole. It's like, no, no, no. It was this problem. Oh, well, actually, we had we played really well against the run. And then next week, so we had a bad game against the run, but last week we looked good. And Zach Wilson looked good this week, but last week he sucked. Like yes. it's just flipping a coin on any given issue. And 50% of the time it derails the entire Jets franchise and sucks. And 50% of the time it looks good. And Zach Wilson's the shining armor of that, where he's like, Oh, he looked good. Oh, yeah, but he threw 12 or you know. 
15. He has as many interceptions as Trevor Lawrence, though, in, in two games, and no one's making a big deal about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, because he's, he plays for the Jaguars. So what? He still is like the high. Yeah, fine. So what? New York, big market. That's what Zach wants. We're good. I'm not worried. He has better QBR than all the other rookie quarterbacks. He just threw a bunch of interceptions. You know what went Whatever. viral yesterday, I think? What? A 12-year-old killing the Jets. Yeah, so I saw bad. that. But, and, dude, that was bad playing by the team. And then, like, I was upset about that interception. But now that I've watched it, not a bad not a bad play by Zach. He had fucking four guys in his face. You know what? All, you know, when, when the Jets are 0-5, I'm calling an official intervention if you say anything positive about them. All right. Whatever. We're going back to lacrosse. We're a lacrosse um, podcast. Yeah, lacrosse podcast. Uh, where are you and me podcast? We just so happen to like lacrosse. Yeah, um, that is true. Jay Carlson's my favorite player ever. Like, if you wanted to, his, like, the fact that he throws the ball between his legs, like, every time he touches it is cool as fuck, but it doesn't look like, he doesn't look like an asshole doing it. Like, Where is he from? He's from Baltimore. I think he went to St. Like, Paul's. He's a Canadian, but he's less of a dick than a Canadian is. Dude, he's like, I mean, it's pretty much what I look like in like Blasted, honestly, but it's just, it's the best lacrosse. I mean, don't watch. compliment him too much. <laughs> he's not it's, the goat. He's just like, I mean, he's got the swag with the hands, but he's like also gritty. It's like off the ground. Um, when, when he scored that between legs goal, I was like, this is going to be a sick game, but obviously, had to turn off for the Jets. Um, but yeah, that's like pretty much Jets. my biggest takeaway. Otherwise, like I think Blaze just fucking dominated. I think, <laughs> dude. The so there were a million reasons why you should root for the chaos, and a million reasons why you shouldn't. And the big reason that I was pulling against them and not wanting them to win is because I just didn't want to deal with indoor lacrosse Twitter. They're like the worst, worst sense of humor, least witty people. And everybody comes out of the woodworks to start sucking every Canadian's dick because they, they won the championship. And I just keep seeing all these people where it's like, you know, this could never happen. Americans winning in the box. And, you know, it's a Canadian dominated team. And I'm like, dude, the whip snakes just won two in a row. And I, you know, I don't even know how many Canadian players they have and they have Carlson who plays Canadian and they have Zed and they have Rambo and you don't hear everybody sucking their Canadian dick. So that was the only thing that I was not looking forward to from the chaos, but I will say I want Andy Towers wherever he's at to win every championship that he ever plays for again. And he's going to be on our, he's going to be on the show next week. And I was on the phone with him. I was like ready to run through a brick wall when he was calling me like hour seven into a road trip. And I was like ready to fall asleep. If I'm ever dozing off, I just would call Andy Towers and say, Hey, talk, just talk to me for 30 seconds and I'll be ready to just, go take somebody's head off. So first off, shout out to big friend of the program, Andy Towers. Congratulations on your championship trophy. And second off, what I really liked about the chaos is, again, Canadian Twitter sucks because they're always just like trying to view it through an NLL lens. And like when the PLL didn't acknowledge a three-peat for Rochester, they, you know, were, were ready to start a complete World War II. But the Canadian heavy teams are the ones that you want to win because the trophy was Gronk spiked in about 30 minutes after they won completely shattered, completely in shambles. I was hearing about fights in the lobby. I was hearing about like all different kinds of shit. So credit to Canadians for knowing how to completely derail every single championship event by, you know, leveraging debauchery into, you know, things that had to be swept under the rug. But, um, 
I don't know. I guess I the story like, of the game. I guess the story of the game was Rambo and Zed getting shut down, which is a complete post game bump for Jack Rallette. And he got yeah. player. He got defender of the week or whatever. Yeah, him and boys. Honestly, yeah, him and boys. Not, yeah, post game bump for us. I mean, for them, from us. Um, fuck. What was I going to say? Oh, speaking of which, the Jerry Dubin tweet at Dick's Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I it's so tough because I'm like it's so cringe but that's a red chunk beef jerky twitter beef of the it might not even be the twitter beef of the week because we have an even better one um but that was hilarious essentially uh leading up to the game dig tape tweeted um and dig tape is a friend of the pod but you can't not laugh at this uh he tweeted like something about zed williams scoring seven points against the chaos defense and after the game, Jared Newman just quote tweeted it and said, "At Dick's tape, suck a dick." Dude, like, like not even I, not even clever, just right to the point. Yeah, I. So that's like the Jared Newman special. Is like, it, is it witty? No. Is it funny on purpose? No. Is it kind of a hardo? Yes. And all of those factors combining into him tweeting "suck a dick" is the funniest like thing that could have ever happened. It's so. so funny. That's the Twitter beef of the week runner up the number one Twitter beef of the week. So I didn't even really know about Ryan Curtis before this weekend, to be honest. Like, you know, I, I had heard of his name, but I wasn't like me, me neither, which is the funniest part. Cause that's what it's all about. <laughs> he, so I don't know who put what in his drink, but he teed off on Mike Rabel on the PLL on everybody about how like, I don't even really remember what it was. It was like he wasn't getting acknowledged or something like that. And then uh, the ricochet shot of the year was, he was like, I'd do anything for Adnick Osella to acknowledge me. Yeah, why did he do that? I have no idea. That was so funny that you were added into that. I like spit out my drink when I read that. (laughs) But I guess Mike Rabel must have said, like, no one knows who you are. Like after, he must have done something and then Mike Rabel must have yelled at him and said, no one knows who you are or nobody likes you. That's like what it seemed like. I, I have a feeling it was something like that. And I love to think that it was like a very mutual, like nobody took like a huge cheap shot. They probably like cheap shot at each other verbally. Yeah. And then he just took to Twitter and was like, this is the biggest scumbag move that has ever happened. I can't believe this. Nico Solo, please acknowledge me. Yeah, like, so funny. I don't know how those two are. I'm really curious if my name was brought up, like as they were yelling at each other after the game or something like that, but but Mike Rabel acts like we don't even exist. So I feel like he wouldn't have said anything. In infinity times on purpose. He acknowledges every other podcast and borderline sucks all their dicks. And then, you know, we're the ones that are, you know, by the players, for the players. Andy Towers loves us. All the players come on and he and we just do not get acknowledged once nor ever. Yeah. But that's fine. But we'll I kind of love the adversity. You know, we're the, the road yeah. pirate ship shit show. I mean, we're literally like right in his face and he just refuses to. And we've, yeah. you know what? We've done a lot of good for the PLL. I truly believe that. I think so. All the people who come on say that. So fuck it. You know, when I go, you don't have to. We'll just keep grinding. Yeah, we'll keep grinding. And then when we get acquired by ESPN, you know, you, you, some, (laughs) at some point they're going to bend the knee because we're going to explode into a multi billion dollar company. We're probably going (laughs) to pass Apple's market cap. And then they're going to have to acknowledge us. Yeah. So, you know what? Shout out Ryan Curtis for, you know, giving, Mike Rabel, a little jab to the gut, who doesn't acknowledge us. And it sounds like it was a mutual beef, to your point. So, you know, he took to Twitter and teed off on him. 
he love, wins. Love that. Yeah. Love that. They, he handled it like a man and exploded on Twitter, which is how I do, I go about my business. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so the only other thing that we were going to talk about or two things that we were going to talk about is, um, I don't know, I tweeted out something. I can't believe how much it blew up, but no team has ever won three championships in a row <laughs> at any level. I'm still getting people going like, oh, you know, my high school hometown team won three in a row. It's like it was so overplayed, but it was so representative of like everything that's wrong with Canadian box Twitter. <laughs> um Canadians, I think, are in, inherently funnier than Americans at like talking shit and this and that. They just haven't adapted to Twitter yet. I think I don't think sarcasm like exists in Canada. No, there, there's some fundamental miscommunication between how Twitter works and how Canadian brains work because Canadians are hilarious <laughs> and then they get on Twitter and fucking ruin everything. So <laughs> shout out me for trolling all of NLL um, Twitter pretty much. Um We'll discuss at a later episode if we're going to be fans of uh, like if we're going to really bandwagon behind a box team this year. Or I not. think I'm gonna. I do too. I don't know what I was going to be a swarm fan. Oh, look at look at us talking about NL News already. I was going to be a swarm fan, but they traded friend of the pod, Randy Stats. So yeah. I don't know. I don't remember where they traded him to. So I guess this is not a great start for us as a NLL podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm down to jump on a team personally, Saskatoon. Is it Saskatoon? The Saskatchewan Rush. Saskatchewan. But you play in Saskatoon. I mean, you're not wrong, but you're not right. Okay. That might be my squad, but I'll have to do an in-depth analysis. Um, also, obviously, if the Riptide are listening and they want to pick me up, uh, I'll become a fan of you. But You know what I will say about Saskatoon? That's, that's the most electric arena in all of lacrosse. Potentially the most electric, like – home field advantage you know people talk about notre dame and syracuse and hopkins and all this no it's saskatoon in the middle of fucking nuts winter in a shithole place that the entire town rallies around there like you land in the airport and there's like saskatchewan rush shit all over the place and then they kick the shit out of you and then you go to the bars and like everyone's like knows who you are it's it's awesome i that's one of the best yeah. places you could ever go to we might I have, might to, have to spotlight I might have to hitch my wagon onto that. Randy Stotts got traded to the the Panther City team, the Panther yeah. City Panthers. You knew that. You just you know weren't weren't saying. No, I mean it pulled up here for a first round pick in twenty twenty four, a second round pick in twenty twenty three, and a third round pick in twenty twenty two. That's a pretty big haul. I was gonna say I never like. I guess I don't know because I think if that was in the NFL, like knowing how many busts there are sometimes in the first round, or if they were trying to like trade up for a quarterback or the guy, I would need to know like. Because even though I was a Hall of Fame NLL player, for sure, I guess I don't know like how valuable each of those picks are. Because sometimes I feel like, oh, they picked, they just picked up that American guy who's just a good athlete, but he's not going to pan out in box. I feel like they're pretty valuable. I feel like it's much more valuable than actually. Maybe that's not true, but I, I mean, guess it might be more like fourth, fifth round, where like I'll see something and I'm like, how like that guy's not going to. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think there are enough teams where a third round pick is valuable. Yeah, I think like if I remember, I went in like the sixth round or something, and I was like, "This what? Like, what are you doing? Like, there's, <laughs> there's no way, terrible." But honestly, credit to me. And then the final thing, um, so I think I'm going to take a page out of Rowlett's book. Um, he won the championship, and then there was a quote of him saying, "Like, I just had nine beers in eight seconds." First off, classic. Something I would say, you know, maybe yeah. he stole it from me. We we don't know that for sure. <laughs> um, 
but then like uh some some girl who's involved in lacrosse media i actually can't remember her name um tweeted like i want to be this guy's best friend and then he quote tweeted it uh we can set this up hit my dms and the best I wonder if she did huh i wonder if she did confirmed jack relic got her number in the dms and we were we were workshopping um like how to respond and i just said overdo it fall in love immediately and then get heartbroken um i don't know if he's gonna take my advice but if there's one person that can give advice on relationships it's probably me um you just had very nice game by the way saying that you don't know the girl's name or you forget the girl's name i i, uh, I want to say it's like kendra no i know what you're doing there yeah kendra kendall whatever it was playing hard to get i'm in love with her no <laughs> <laughs> never talking but um but yeah, well, so here's a lesson. I think I'm going to try and find my next girlfriend on Twitter. You know, it's yeah. Well, no go one goes on Twitter to be sexy. Like you can't be a Twitter thought. I don't think. Um, but, you know, if you're going to make a following, you probably got to be funny. You probably got to be a little bit witty uh, more so than on Instagram or, or anything like that. So I Definitely. think I'm going to start putting out like, you know, the two social media that I'm going to use to try and find a girlfriend are Twitter and LinkedIn. I think it'd be hilarious to start trying to ask girls out on LinkedIn in a very unprofessional manner. But um, I don't know. I'm just workshopping ideas here. Yeah, Any no, no, no. I, I think that's right. I think like like everybody's favorite uh, dating app is Hinge because they like you have to make a profile with some substance versus just like picture to yourself. So yeah. like they got, you know, they have questions, you can make it funny answers and like, you can kind of show your personality through that. So, I mean, my roommate has it and he'll be like, I'm literally swiping right on this girl because of her answer here. So that's, that's a great example. You could do that on I, Twitter. I recently downloaded Hinge. I don't, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> dating apps. I just, I wish it was easier. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I forgot how to be single, but I'm in Boise now for about a month. So I might have to be, you know, swiping a little bit, see what, see what the Boise, yeah, the Boise hinge is fire. <laughs> Yo, Boise hinge popping off. It's a new I'll New York city. On that. Uh, have you seen the show clickbait on Netflix? No, you should watch it. It's like pretty stupid, but it's good. It'll let, you'll get into it. It's basically like a murder mystery and it's tied to like, the internet kind of like it's like an internet themed i won't give it away but there was dating apps involved love that yeah also there's um apparently there's somebody above us in this airbnb that has it sounds like three dogs that are big so if there's any background noise just shut up all right don't even don't even bring it up give me i don't, I don't hear i don't hear the uh background noise okay, i think we're good. good okay um all right we, we are running up on time though let's uh hey sound guy edit in yeah. like some awesome kick-ass yes yes a sick song like some yeah. sick engine sound <laughs> right, right now so do it right now yeah <laughs> right now so as we mentioned in the beginning of this episode we've been kicking everybody's dicks in content wise for a full year or close to it shut up don't correct us <laughs> What a celebration. What a time to reflect on all of the hilarious bits, all of the breaking news, all of the banter, all of the highs, all of the lows that your two favorite co-hosts, Nico Solo and Evan Malloy, have been doing and bringing to you for free, minus our sponsorships, every week. I mean, honestly, credit to us. And this is a time for us to celebrate the lacrosse community and really give back and try and help grow the game. So I think the way this is going to work is... 
we're probably just going to rattle through it and make it like the worst thing ever, which is very on brand. But no, we have I some think it'll be great. We have some great awards. And also for all of you listening out there, get to work on graphics. We don't have any graphic designers. We're going to put our interns to work. But if you're listening to this, make a graphic and we're, we'll throw it up. So with that being said. Dude, that kid in our DMs, not to give too much away, but I guess this is going to come out after the graphics. The kid in our DMs making the graphics is a fucking legend. That one he sent for worst interview or best breaking news was better than the PLL graphics. We like, what a way, if you're ever wondering how you can become an intern, one, have your dad invite me to Baker's Bay. Two, be really weird and have like a food truck or three, provide a bunch of value because I'm going to, I'm going to throw out that we should seriously consider hiring him at no cost to us at the free, you know, unpaid intern blind loyalty post-game internship. So shout out to whoever we're discussing here. We're going to keep his name a secret um, so that we don't get any too hype, no free clout, no free ad reads, but first award that we are discussing evan why don't you give us the award and then i'll tell you who the winner is yeah i'll, I'll give you the award nominees so we have the evan malloy named after me blackballed award um the nominees are dylan malloy who was blackballed for we'll call it eight weeks i'm going off a limb here um wrongfully obviously one of the most talented players and for some reason well we know what the reason is it's probably because he didn't go to the pll initially Right. Um, he was blackballed once the MLL was absorbed. Evan Malloy, myself, um, who is still currently blackballed and Disgusting. was told was told that I don't meet the criteria by the league, which makes no fucking sense. Mark Matthews, who honestly is somehow not on a team, despite having probably some of the best hands of all time and plenty of years left. Um, maybe not of all time, but he's up there. And then uh, Dan, Dan Arestia, who was blackballed for like probably two weeks. And he took a leave of absence from Twitter for like two weeks. But then we started the free Dan movement and he was back. Sure enough, actually just came out with some free Dan shirts that are pretty cool, but I got to buy one still. Um, and Nick, why don't you uh, give out the award? Our first ever postie. What a monumental moment in this podcast. We're going to look back 10 years from later. And this is going to be a historic moment in our podcast. The Evan Malloy blackballed award goes to Evan Malloy. Wow. I mean, unbelievable. I don't know how you did it. How, you know, I'll ask one follow-up question. Um, and this will be a two-parter. Do you see yourself getting unblackballed anytime soon? And um, are you going to be bitter about this moving forward? No, I mean, I've never been bitter about it uh, to answer your second question first. Um, and to answer your first question, I don't think I'll ever be on a PLL roster unless I convince Andy Towers to sign me next week. Um, and, but the NLL, I could get in a net for a training camp and get hit with a ball. I'm willing to do that to not be blackballed. So I'd say there's a 90% chance, a 97% chance that I remain blackballed um, with, and I'm holding on at 3% and I'm going to, I'm going to stay game ready. Know that I'm not knowing that up. we have Andy towers on next week and knowing that the NLL does infinity times better at acknowledging us than the PLL. I am holding out hope and I refuse to lose that hope. So, you know what? For the rest of your life, if anyone says, hey, you know, anything that you're proud of, you can say, I actually won the Evan Malloy Blackballed Player of the Year Award as the first ever postie of all time. Yes, there it is. I'm going to get all a right. plaque, actually. All right. Our second award of the year is the Twitter Beef of the Year, formerly brought to you by Red Truck, now 
open for sponsorship. Everybody get in our DMs and pay us thousands of dollars for, for sponsoring <laughs> this board. The Twitter beef of the year nominees. Ryan Curtis, as a late entry, wins the championship, immediately goes on a lethal attack against Mike Rabel in the PLL and acknowledges me, which probably is going to sway the outcome of this, but we're unbiased. We never would have that sway. Second, young Dominic Vianotti. If you recall, a couple months ago, I don't know, this kid might be in fifth grade. He was out there being reckless on Twitter, telling us to suck his dick, saying, give us shout outs on the podcast. He got grounded by his parents for using foul language on Twitter, came back and immediately resumed being a complete train wreck. So that's the second nominee. The third nominee, Larkin Kemp versus Mark Emmert and the NCAA. As you know, Larkin came on and gave one of the most famous rants in the history of the PLL about how the NCAA, specifically the Ivy League, is not giving the players the best chance, and they're not giving the students a fair value for each dollar that they spend on tuition. The second to last, Nick Osello. You know Nick Osello, great guy, versus Canadian Twitter. The NLL can't take a joke. I always troll them. They always get all pissed off. I'm the toughest guy in Peterborough. Sean Evans should come over for a barbecue and America would win the Minto Cup in one second if we decided to. And the final nominee is Evan versus Jay Wasserman. Now, remember, Jay Wasserman is not on the younger side and Evan has threatened physical harm. And Jay Wasserman has responded with threatening even more physical harm at him. So as a reminder- That's honestly probably the biggest like heavyweight bout. Like that was the closest fight. Was being think, yeah. Listen, you, the fans, it's not, it's not the winner in my opinion, but it was, it was the closest Twitter beef. Like I almost yes. lost that for a second. It was just, it was just haymaker after haymaker. It was a rumble in the jungle. It was Ali Frazier. It was, it was everything that you wanted. So as a reminder, Ryan Curtis versus the PLL, Dominic Vianotti versus being a responsible young man, Larkin versus the NCAA, Nick versus Canada and Evan versus Jay. Evan, I would like for you to announce this winner. The winner by honestly a landslide when you really look at it is chaos defensive coordinator Ryan Curtis this past week, dunking on Mike Rabel with probably seven consecutive tweets. And of course, tying you into it somehow with a complete ricochet shot. And that didn't, that didn't sway the vote. Didn't. But he did win in a landslide. He did win in a landslide. So congrats, Coach Curtis. Keep doing what you're doing, as we said in the intro. Um, and you are the first non-post-game employee to win a postie. So you're forever enshrined in lacrosse history. There you go. All right. Our next award is my weekend of the year. So it's called the Evans weekend of the year. Um, I have a lot of uh, notorious weekends, I'll say, or infamous weekends. Um, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but... Um, <laughs> The, the nominees are this is my, my favorite City, award, by the way, <laughs> my Atlantic City weekend, uh, where I was duped by me and my friends were duped by Johnny Limo and our car broke down on the way home after spending 48 hours in a casino. Um, the infamous, infamous homeless break in after witnessing a shooting and drinking for 72 hours in New Orleans. Um, I'm still recovering I like, from the homeless break in. So I guess that tells you everything you need to know. Um, Shane Doss DJing at the last weekend, um, at a club in New York city, which I went on a huge rant about because it was awesome. 
Also, he's going to be DJing on a boat in, next weekend, which will be great. Um, still time for you to come, by the way, Nick. And this weekend, I want to shout out my, who I also shout out on the intro, but my best friend, Harry Kucharczyk, is marrying one of my very good girlfriends, Courtney Riley, two former Yellow Cross players, um, great couple, two of my best, best friends. So I wanted to include them as nominees um, and can't wait for this weekend. I think it's going to probably be one of the best weddings I go to. Um, if not, they might even be, might even top mine. Um, yeah. But there is one win. There's only one winner here of all four great weekends. And that winner by an absolute landslide is the New Orleans weekend into <laughs> the homeless guy break-in. So thank you, Nick Weston, for also getting married and inviting us to New Orleans. That was great up into the shooting. Um, and then the 24 hours from the shooting to the plane next, the most uncomfortable plane ride ever into literally being robbed um, in front of me by the dirtiest possible person um, takes the cake. I mean, that's the, the best weekend that anybody's ever heard of. The bits yeah. are phenomenal. The ACC watch is either on Mike Rabel's wrist uh, or it's on sideline swap. The Unbelievable. ACC watch. Yeah. Homeless guy 699 on <laughs> sideline swap. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And unfortunately, in this case, your misery spawned some of the hardest laughs that we've, we've have experienced on this entire podcast. I mean, I'm still kicking. I got all my stuff back besides ACC watch. It's a great story. Um, am I happy about it? No, but it makes for a great story. It makes for a great laugh. And I want to post these. So legendary weekend. There you go. Homeless guy. All right. Yeah. Shout out homeless guy who may or may not be uh, someone that we know that runs the PLL. But <laughs> we don't get into conspiracy theories here. The next award, we have hair of the year. Hair of the year. And boy, we got a heavyweight title match on our hand. Nominee number one, Nick Osello. You guys know him. I mean, one of the greatest things about him is his hair. Number two, Graham Hossack. If you've ever seen a picture of Graham Hossack, the first thing that you go, that guy is a damn good mop on top of his head. And number three, Andy Towers. Big friend of the podcast. We're going to talk to him next week. But we have three gauntlet heavyweight title match for hair of the year. Evan, do you mind announcing the winner? Winner by not a landslide, but a very close match. But we knew it was going to be him. The winner is Nick Osello. Wow. <laughs> so this- I want to I want to ask you some questions now that you uh-huh. are. This is your second. No, this is your first. My first ever posty hair of the first year. First ever posty. Yeah. So honestly, like you're still you're still young in the hair game. Like, how do you plan to continue this dominance? Well, so. Thank you for asking. I think that's a great question. I think a lot of it comes down to genetics. Shout out to my dad for giving me this beautiful cul-de-sac that shows up after three days if I don't shave. Um, so I honestly think my hand was forced originally and I used to fight it. And now having truly accepted me and bald is beautiful movement, um, get behind it or get you know canceled at this point. Um, I'm ready to embrace it. And I'm ready to lead many, many future bald men into, a, uh, into an eternal paradise. I'll tell you what, I think Andy Towers was very close to winning this award, especially after that shirtless picture. When he looks like he looked like a hot dog with a goatee in that picture. <laughs> like a big old bratwurst. Yeah. <laughs> it was very close. It was close. Yep. Um, but congratulations. I'm glad you could join me on the stage. Thank you. Posty. You know, it 
especially with these awards, you know, Evan and I don't have a big say, you know, it, we left this up to fan voting. We don't have any control over these awards. So, you know, thank you to all the fans. I really appreciate you voting me for hair of the year. The next award is the meme of the year. Now, this is an incredible award because I feel like the memes are what really started to put us on the map and we're going against some pretty stiff outside competition. So I'll run through the memes. Um, and, you know, again, we don't decide who the nominees are. We have an unbiased, uh, blind, third party, um, trusted system that, that gets these nominees. So I don't want to hear about any biases. The first is the now use can't leave with the champagne gate uh, posted by the post game. That's the first one. Bronx Tale, the Bronx Tale scene for those. Who yes, yes. Bronx Tale now use can't leave where the chaos come in and beat the shit out of the archers. Uh, again, that's a post game. The second <laughs> one is the you broke it in my nose, reflecting on the nose gate tragedy uh, of Rowlett versus Rabel. Um, you know, it's that scene in the in the longest yard where he breaks his nose. And honestly, that's another submission from the post game um, on bias. And the third one is literally any of the memes that were posted by the chaos. Wow, really, really tough decision here. We have three, uh, two heavyweight contenders. Evan, if you could announce this award. So again, very close running here, but the winner is he broke did my nose, the nose gate meme coming from the longest yard. Um, I mean, I think there are a lot of, I think you could have gone either any, any way here between now you can't leave and broke to my nose, but it really just fit the moment. And it was just so topical and the, the best memes are when you really react. So I, I got to say that, that that's why the broke did my nose one, but I mean, all of our memes are fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, again, chaos great job this year um they actually received negative 3.2 of the votes we we were looking into our system of how they received negative votes but um you know don't sleep on them for next year ha 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 fuck um <laughs> all right the next uh post award dude, is we have Jinx. so many awards which I like. dude i mean it was a big it was a great year jinx yeah, of the year um <clears throat> the nominees are myself not picking the chaos once this year and reverse jinxing them to a championship. I'm still waiting for my ring. I'll bring that up with Andy Towers as well. The archers popping champagne in the locker room week three, and then losing five games in a row or something and losing in the first round of the playoffs. And then Bryce Wasserman, the only guest in post game history to come on and not have a stretch of good luck, but instead was Stripped over the head by Eddie Glazer in his first takeaway check ever thrown in his career. And shortly after, cut, picked up, and cut. Um, Nick, I'll kick it over to you, but I think we all know where this one's going. Yeah, so the jinx of the year, again, you know, it takes a lot of courage to go completely against something as powerful as the post-game bump. But the clear winner is Bryce Wasserman coming on saying, hey, I appreciate the post-game bump. I'm going to get fucking dummied by Eddie Glazner. And uh, shout out Bryce Wasserman. You win the jinx of the year. And that was a landslide. You know, there, there really was not a close second there. So shout out to Bryce Wasserman. Thank you for, um, you know, thank you for being brave. You know, in times like these, it's easy to go with the flow, but it's way harder to, uh, to you know, go against it. All right. Next award is the tweet of the year. This is a big one. This is a really big one. So we scoured, um, we scoured 
months and months of tweeting lacrosse twitter aggregating um you know again this is another one that we hired a third party consultant to do and these are the unbiased nominees the first is evan ratioing the shit out of high point high point posts a thing about you know some guy going for a run at 4 a.m in like jeans and sneakers and a button down and they're like look at this guy getting you know extra work in evan talks about how he's running home from the bar killed it the second any meme of me posting the retirement harambe absolutely crushed it um can't believe how funny we are can't believe that nobody had thought of this earlier um that's nominee number two and then nominee number three is intern Coolin saying ratio to any time the PLL mentions athletic brewing company or there's a cringe meme from the chaos again these are unbiased this is not leaning towards the post game in any way these are just the three best tweets of the entire year Evan if you could give us insight into who won and announce the winner um it actually looks like it looks like they're all selected as winners <laughs> no way do we have a three-way tie here i think we have a three-way tie you know what how about we do this how about we first off unbelievable i can't believe this no one could have ever seen this coming in our google doc right now we should put this as a poll to twitter and have it be the first fan voted yes of the year there we go perfect all right what a great idea yep we'll release that on friday perfect yep perfect friday we're so fucking everybody smart everybody get it's... ready everybody get ready to vote all right this is probably my favorite postie that we have on the list. This is a big one. The gate of the year. The nominees are Nosegate involving PLL player and CEO, founder, whatever, commissioner, Paul Rabel, <laughs> and friend of the podcast, Jack Rowlett, where Rowlett's helmet was removed and thrown back to his face and he broke his nose and was also concussed. Um, ice pick in the dick gate involving the same founder, player, and commissioner, um, where he was jogging back on defense and ice picked Danny Logan in the balls, but Iron Balls Logan was not impacted. Iron T Balls Logan. <laughs> T-Gate involving us and, and T transferring to Denver, which still has legs, honestly, like it could happen. Uh, <laughs> Now that NILs are back, like he could come back. Uh, <laughs> and then Fingergate, which involved Matt Gaudet and Austin Stats, in which, uh, you know, still a little hazy what happened. There was a fight in a, in a hotel lobby. Might have been a fish hook involved. Might have been just a clean bite off of the finger. But Gaudet's finger was bitten off. Um, and then both players were suspended from the league. Um, and it was the most, like, coverage the PLL got the entire year. So, Good job kicking everybody out of the league. Nick, I'll kick it over to you to announce the winner. First off, thank you for giving such a good rundown of one of the best categories of the year. Gate of the year officially goes to, let me open up this card here. Austin Stats and Matt Gaudet of the Fingergate scandal of 2021. Congratulations, guys. Anytime you do something that makes the Pat McAfee show, that makes Barstool, that makes all these different news outlets, and conversely gets you expelled from the league, knows that you must have had a hell of a gate on your hand. So congratulations, Fingergate is the winner in a very tight race in one of the best categories that we have this year. I mean, you said it best. Like for every for every Vineyard Vine sponsorship, you need a Fingergate to to bring us back into you know the gritty, tough tough lacrosse player look. So 
honestly, two two Canadians, right? Is Godet Canadian? We're gonna say he's Canadian. Close enough. Two Canadian. Yeah. So I mean, there you go, right, right there. That's why we're at all guys now. Um, there you go. But yeah, Fingergate by a landslide. One one of the best stories of the year. Um, you want to take the the next award, the worst yeah. pregame outfit of the year. Yeah, worst pregame outfit of the year. Again, when the PLL leans in heavy to trying to get content of people coming off the bus, you have people that are shooting threes, hitting air balls, and then walking off like they just won game seven of the NBA championship. The worst pregame outfit of the year nominees. J.D. Calaruso coming off looking like a ball boy. Jersey that might be a little bit too big from the 1970s. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Wearing Albany. Friend of the show. Thank you, J.D. Calaruso, for completely botching an outfit we really appreciate it <laughs> nominee number two paul rabel looking like a mime did he know that he was going to play lacrosse or was he walking to a french bakery we do not know so that's a nominee number two nominee number three jared newman now you might be wondering which outfit specifically literally any of them just jared <laughs> newman walking up a bus is the third nominee whether it's the city bus whether it's a pll bus jared newman stepping off of public transportation is nominee number three evan i'll kick it over to you to announce the winner the winner by an absolute landslide is jared <laughs> newman and any of his outfits and again you know jared newman might be comeback we don't have a poster for this but he might be comeback player of the year because he was a great sport about us roasting his outfits and again nothing on digs tape but digs tape tweet was hilarious so jared congratulations i'm happy to present you with this posty keep wearing ridiculous clothes also my tweet about jared newman and having covid and not having taste and that's why he's wearing those outfits might be a better tweet than the high point tweet but we don't have to get into that so jared congratulations uh you deserve it for sure um really i i think the uh cheetah tiger leopard print shirt was was the worst one but it was a collective effort week in and week out yeah no and 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 in a in a uh in a category like that consistency matters and that's what he brought to the table so again shout out to him i'll kick it over to you for the breaking news of the year this is another big hot category for us as journalists a huge award a huge award uh the first nominee is our first stint of breaking news where we really became true journalists instead of just hilarious podcast host td erland to denver um, where he came on our podcast and announced it. That was pretty big. Uh, we that we were getting credited on Inside Lacrosse. Um, they well, had we to say that they credited. They us. had to say as reported on the post game, which like was hilarious. Um, the Rob Pinnell trade, which if you're going in chronological order, was huge for us because we did have a little uh, slip up that I'll get into in the next nominee. Uh, and this really just be, made us become a, uh, a more credible source again after uh, we broke the Pinnell, the Pinnell gate. Uh, or I guess that was before, right? Yeah, I fucked yes. that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it all blurs together when you fuck it up. But we broke the Pinnell news and we were riding high after the Denver news, after the TD to Denver news. And then we flew way too close to the sun with the infamous Jeff T to Denver. Um, I'll never forget this because I was happily on a golf course and I got off the golf course and had like 60 missed calls from, uh, my good friend, Paul Schaffer, who's a coach at Cornell. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, but yes, Jeff Teat, um, still potentially going to Denver, who knows? Um, and then finally the last, uh, breaking news nominee is Justin Gutterding going to the whip snakes, which. This was our comeback. We were in the depths of hell. We retired from journalism. And then we were able to break the news of Justin Gutterding 
being traded to the whip snakes um, for a microwave. And those are the four nominees. And I will kick it over to you for the most likely obvious winner. I think we knew this was all coming. Uh, the breaking news of the year, Jeff Teat going to Denver, uh, muffed onside kick. What a great time <laughs> to be alive. People angry at us. Our first, second dive into journalism, everybody pissed off at us. And I feel like I have enough time and energy under my belt to say this is absolutely TD Ireland's fault. When we broke the news to him, he was our source that Teat was going to get traded to Denver. We broke it trusting him and we will never trust him again. And TD sucks as a source. Never believe him. Honestly, like we really should have dug into that a little bit more. Like what the fuck was he talking about? You know, where what? did he get that from? We were new. We were new journalists. Yeah. Um, it, it happens. It's water under the bridge. And we want to posty for for this, so I don't want to go. You That's know, true. We did win a posty for this. Again, credit to us for being at the foremost journalism of lacrosse. Now, this next category actually is very directly relatable to this past category. It's not the breaking news of the year; it's the journalists of the year. Now, remember, you don't just get to be a journalist in lacrosse. You have to go to school. You have to go through training. You have to work your way up this ladder. So keep that in mind. Nominee number one. Nick Ocello and Evan Malloy. I mean, just they they grinded for years. Tough guys. Um, and again, they actually just won the postie for breaking news of the year. Probably gives them an advantage. Unbiased. Number two, Dan Arestia. Um, again, he's been breaking news for years. Um, he got absolutely buried for a false Rambo trade and uh, got canceled. <laughs> and now he's freed um, or potentially freed. We'll, we'll check in with the Friday group chat. Number three, Anish Sharaf. Anish really separated himself this year and earned himself a nominee by completely shitting on Bishop Sycamore, which was hysterical. <laughs> and the fourth nominee is Paul Carcaterra, friend of the program, all around great guy, historically has been one of the best nominees this past decade. So it's me and Evan, it's Dan, it's Anish, and it's Paul. And I'll kick it over to you to announce the winner. By an absolute landslide, the winner of Journalist of the Year is Nick Osello and Evan Malloy. Wow. Okay. Why don't you give us a little acceptance speech here? So again, as, as I was kicking this off, this doesn't happen overnight. You know, everybody sees the breaking news and the hard work that we put in and they read the articles. What they don't see is the late nights at Syracuse and Notre Dame grinding, talking, working on our craft, writing articles, publishing, getting them revised, everything like that. You think that we just get drunk and spray rumors all over Twitter. Couldn't be more incorrect. Um, so credit to us for, for really grinding and honestly separating ourselves from the pack and earning this distinguished award. Yeah. You know, a year, about a year ago, I was telling you about my swag dorky friend who knows how to cut up audio and asked you if you wanted to make a podcast. And I never thought that we'd get here as, you know, the best journalist of the year. So great award. I'm humbled to say the least. Um, but we're going to keep on going. You know, this is just the, the first step into an amazing uh, career as a journalist. Yeah. And as a reminder, if you're listening to us and you have any even pretend rumors, we'll probably try to break that as a very <laughs> legitimate source. So um, that's another reason why, we, why we're the best of the best. All right. I'll kick it over to you for our most slept on and doubted of the year. So this is a very controversial topic because everybody has a, a lot of, you know, 
accolades, awards, things like that in this group. Number one, Jeff Teat. Jeff Teat was the most slept on, doubted player. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the, with the awards, but I can't believe the amount of people that were sleeping on Jeff Teat after he only went like two and three in his first game. Number two, Paul Rabel coming off of a rough season. You know, can a smoke girlfriend really revive a career? I don't know. Retiring at the end, we'll see. Number three, Blaze Reardon. And this is a self-proclaimed most doubted slept on of the year. He did not win MVP last year. He just won goalie of the year and was ranked the third best player. Does that mean you're the most slept on player of all time? I'll kick it over to you for the winner. The winner of the most slept on and doubted of the year award, Posty award, is Jeff T, who, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, the young buck's going to get this award. He was drafted first overall. Nobody believed in him. Mm-hmm. Everyone was questioning him after missing a couple weeks. I think he had like three points in his debut, and that's just not going to cut it. So he was obviously the most hated, the most doubted, um, was up for like six awards this year. But, you know, probably could have been up oh, up for eight. So congratulations, Jeff, Jeff Teat. You've been heavily involved in the posties um, and look forward to you being involved in the posties in the future. Yeah. Thank you to Jeff Teat for being the most slept on slash hated player of the year. Again, Evan, uh, you know, listed your infinity accolades and um, not enough, not enough, get better. So I'll, uh, I'll kick it over to you for the worst interview award. And this is a, this was my favorite topic. What a dog fight. <laughs> this was, nominees, this was scummy. A dog fight. French. Yeah, this was. All right. Worst interview of the year award. The nominees are Dan Bucaro, who credited his time at uh, Georgetown to a Chipotle. Stephen Rafis, um, who didn't even speak during the interview. Eric Law, who spoke about his tennis career longer than anything that had to do with lacrosse, as well as Jamba Juice. And Commodore Perry, who said that he wanted to be a salesman. So, Nick, I'll kick it over to you to announce the worst interview of the year award. And let me assure you, this was a dogfight. We reviewed the tape. I could barely get through it because I was asleep about five (laughs) minutes into each one of these interviews. But after careful consideration, the worst interview of the year, without a doubt, goes to Dan Bucaro. Dan, thank you for coming on and talking about how a Chipotle went to Georgetown. I don't necessarily recall anything else about the interview, to be honest. Um, but congratulations, honestly, you worked hard for this and we appreciate it. I'd say like the biggest reason why he won was because we kind of knew what we were getting into with the other three nominees. Granted, we didn't know it'd be that bad, but we knew what we were getting into. Mm. Bucaro was like recommended by like six people. They're like, oh yeah, Yeah. he'd be great. And he was fucking dog shit. So I think the letdown of Bucaro was, was why he ran away with it, which he also commented on our Instagram that he knew he's going to win. So credit to him for, for having some self-awareness there. Yeah. Hey, Dan, you <laughs> suck. And I loved that Instagram. <laughs> All right. This was another dog fight. I will, uh, I'll kick it over to you for the uh, retirement of the year. I'm laughing at the fourth nominee. <laughs> I mean, start playing arms in an angel by Sarah McLaughlin because her arms of an angel. I mean, many tears shed at every one of these announcements. So retirement of the year, we have four nominees. Number one, Paul Rabel, all-time points leading scorer, um, you know, historied career. Um, Not only is he a 
lacrosse player. He runs the league and he also is a part-time mime and you love to see that. Number two, Kyle Harrison does great charity work, has long been since, you know, has long been considered one of the best ambassadors for the sport. Nominee number three, Nick Osello. I mean, need I say more? His accomplishments are too long to be listed. So we'll just jump right to number four, which is a hybrid of Austin Stats and Matt Gaudet of the winners of the Fingergate Gate of the Year Award. They retired, not necessarily through their own will, but they got retired on uh, on behalf of the, the CEO of the league. So we have four unbelievable nominees. Evan, why don't you tell us who the winner is? The winner of the Retirement of the Year Award goes to, no surprise here, Nick Ocello. Really? Really? Wow. All right. I, I guess I didn't even prepare for this. I, didn't I mean, you started the trend. That's that's what it comes down to. Everybody like Kyle Harrison literally saw you retire and was like, oh, I want to do that. And then he he totally stole your thunder or tried to steal your thunder. Call um, it the biggest retirement of the year. Call it trend setting. Um, you know, honestly, it, it was just uh, it was something I had to do. And the fact that we moved the needle in everything, whether it's memes, whether it's funny, whether it's, you know, retiring. Um, I, I guess I'm just honored and blessed and so humbled to um, to have led the way in everybody else's retirement, forced or not. So, you know, shout out to my fans, shout out to the Academy and uh, just know that a lot of work went into this. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's another landslide, although the Austin stats and Mac Odette, now I'm glad they got nominated. That's a good little dark horse. Yeah. Um, I'll kick it over to you for, uh, well, I guess, no, I'll do this one. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll kick it over <laughs> to you. The former football player, PLL player of the year. All right. Another dog fight here. <laughs> These are really adding up. I'm looking at the next like five. Yeah. Um, we have Chris Hogan who played for the whip snakes. He had a cup of coffee with the whip snakes, then went back to the saints, caught a touchdown and then got cut. Um, ring ripped off his finger uh, by the chaos. Dalton croissant who like, what the fuck even was that? He like got signed and then cut. That was bullshit. And then um, Notre Dame legend, Nick Osello, who, I mean, you know, his accomplished Fiesta Bowl football career, you know, of his legendary success in the PLL. Um, Nick, I'll kick it over to you to announce the winner of the uh, former football player, PLL player of the year. All right. Uh, let me let me open up this letter here. Wow. Chris Hogan, Dawson, Croissant, uh, you guys are great for former football players, current football players. But this award goes to Nick Osello. I can't believe it. Wow. I mean, I just look at that and I see one person that played in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, and I think that really was a separating factor in what it came down to. So, um, you know, uh, credit to Nick and, and all the hard work that he put in. Yeah, I got nothing to add. I mean, yeah. I, knew, I knew where this one was going. All right. I'll, uh, you want to kick it over to me and announce what the next award is going to be? <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next award is um, in honor of a family that is very close to the post game. Uh, you know that we have one of the members of the family as an intern. We've had one as a guest. I've had a bloodbath Twitter war with the father of the family on Twitter. Um, the Wasserman of the Year Award. Nick, I'll kick it over to you for the nominees. And I mean, this is a murderer's row of four legends, um, you know, and, and only four. So Bryce Wasserman, guest of the post game, the person that I did the biggest 180 on of all time. And now he's a great friend of the program, Bryce Wasserman, 
nominee number one. Number two, Jay Wasserman, the patriarch, you know, the, the father of the crew who has tried to body you on Twitter, but it was a haymaker battle, um, who has completely derailed and ruined a Friday shit show group chat. Number three, Casey Wasserman, the dark horse. I think I've heard him say about two words in my entire life. Great kid. And number four, our intern Drew Wasserman. So those are the only four nominees of, of who the Wasserman of the year is. Evan, please announce the winner. All right, I got the envelope here. Crack this open. Hold on, folks. We have a real dark horse here. The winner of the Washman of the Year is Nick Osello. What? No. No, there's no way. After an invitation to Baker's Bay, to Bermuda or Bahamas, wherever that old fuck Jay was, <laughs> Nick, Nick Osello has cemented himself as the core member of the Wassermans. So Nick, I mean, you're running away with the posties uh, probably more than we had intended now that I'm looking at this doc yeah. again, but <laughs> congrats to you. Um, I don't know if you want to give an eighth acceptance speech, but honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, this, this makes a ton of sense. You made the biggest splash in the Wasserman family this year. Yeah, no, honestly, you know, after, uh, after some several discussions, um, the Wassermans were, you know, running a little stale. Some would describe it as stale bread. And someone described me as a fresh injection of energy and, uh, and, and hilarity. So honestly, you know, I, I have to thank Bryce, Jay, Casey, and Drew for being such wet blankets that I could come in and be the greatest member of the Wasserman family. Um, really appreciate it. And again, it's something that I worked hard for. And um, looking at the rest of this list, we, we really did good here. So <laughs> All right. All right. We have um, two more. We have two more. Two more posties. Dude, we kind of flew through this. Yeah. This has been a great award show. I think um, so. All right. The post-game bump award, um, that goes to the best performance after an interview. Um, I guess I'll run through the, the nominees because you did the last one. Yeah. Jack Rowlett, who not only won a PLL championship after coming on, he won Defender of the Week for that game. He also apparently found the love of his life on Twitter. Um, Stephen Rafis, who came on the show after being drafted by the Cannons and then completely tore it up this season. Um, and he was he was actually slept on. And like a lot of people didn't think he would be good. So credit to us for him having a great season. I think he was a rookie of the year nominee. Justin Gutterding, who came on the show and then had a very good playoffs. I think he had two points in every game in the playoffs. Great postgame bump. And then Blaze Reardon, who came on, gave us a little spiel about goalies and then went on to have the best goalie performance in a single season uh, the game has probably ever seen. So four great performances, all credited to us and getting a bump for coming on to the podcast. Nick, I'll kick it over to you for the winner. Yeah, first off, every accolade that all four of these outstanding athletes won is credited to us, not them. So thank you for that in advance. But the winner of the post-game bump award, best performance after an interview, goes to Jack Rowlett. Unbelievable performance, shut off Zed and, and Rambo, didn't let them score. But even more importantly, is absolutely scouring Twitter for digits, um, nuclear bombing people's DMs, and is riding the train of, uh, of momentum that we haven't seen since at least 2018 with the Outlaws title. So credit to Jack Rowlett. Congratulations. You're welcome for uh, us inviting you on. And, um, you know, we look forward to not only most of your PLL contract next year, but a shared, um, you know, a shared appreciation for everything that we've done for you. So with that being said, I'll kick it over to myself for the last 
postie of the year and what an award show and what a postie season that it has been. I can't imagine how many people are going to be out there making graphics for us. Interns get to work. Drew and fucking Colin, what do we not pay you for? Get to work. Um, the last postie of the year is locker room guy of the year. Now the three nominees here, Jack Kelly, unbelievable story gets torn ACL, not playing lacrosse for two to three years, comes back, gets put in a game, plays well, emotional tears, unbelievable. The second is Kyle Harrison. That's a guy that when he talks, you listen, can't believe, can't say enough good things about Kyle Harrison. And the third, wow. Another nominee uh, for Nick Ocello. Um, from what we have as reports, he's actually still in the Redwoods group chat and has uh, had a massive impact on the Redwoods locker room uh, via his group chat and um, is a multi, you know, multiple time winner of the post award. Evan, I'll kick it over to you for the winner. You know what, dude? We're going to have you win this award, but I decided to give it to somebody else. Well, who's that? And that person is Sound Guy. And I, wow. I think Sound Guy deserves all the credit in the world. Thank you, Sound Guy, for being the glue that holds the post game together. The post game, a lot of people don't know, the post game was Sound Guy's idea. So I got to give credit that. to him. They actually do. I you forget were, that. You were running through the you were running through the nominees and I realized it's not a guy in the locker room, but it's a guy in our locker room. And wow. I had to give it to I had to give it to Sound Guy. He, you know, he keeps the uh the boat moving. He's the uh he's the engine for us. So Sound Guy that is our uh, homage to you, credit to you, and thank you for everything that you do. You know what? I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I saw my name bolded, and a true locker room guy would never accept that award. So um, I'm glad we made that pivot at the end, even though it was literally all you and I was preparing my acceptance speech. Um, <laughs> you know, we do not need to worry about that right now. I would like to revisit, if we could, um, the initial DMs about what is actually going on and how the post game started. And I think it's, it's worth calling out that I'm going to, I'm going to tweet it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. absolutely tweet it. But you know, that's something that gets lost quite a bit because it's all about me and you and we're the talent. But again, none of this would have happened if it wasn't for sound guys. So stay tuned, check out Evan's tweet and, um, you know, sound guy, we appreciate everything that you do, keeping the interns in line and keeping this pirate ship shit show fire flame podcast afloat. So with that being said, I'd like to, uh, you know, make some closing remarks. Thank you very much for the support. Um, if you have any ideas that you want to kick our way for content, that's not going to be totally PLL or lacrosse related, um, keep it to yourself. We're way funnier than you and we don't want to hear your ideas. Um, so that was kind of the last thing that I wanted to wrap up on, but Evan, I guess I just wanted to see if you had any last closing words before we wrap up this posties award show. Oh, I mean, it's, it's been a great year. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. We haven't really decided what our plan is for the off season. I think NLO content is definitely in the books. I think we'll have some more time on our hands to really like, you know, dive into the content game, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll keep you guys posted on what the immediate future of the post game is, but we are not going anywhere and we're, we're looking forward to another great year of, uh, of post game content. Got it. Credit to us. Um, can't believe, you know, hey, Evan, congratulations on the posties that you won. Um, couldn't be more yeah. proud. Congrats to you, One man. You ran away with the awards. Like, 
it's not I wasn't really expecting that, to be humbled. honest. Like, I got to say, like, no offense, but. All of this was, we had nothing to do with this, by the way. This is just us announcing. You know, granted, we had complete control and we made every single award and, you know, decided who won. But that's not for us to decide. It was the Academy. And I'd like to thank everybody that nominated me um, when I edited the Google Doc to have me win all the awards. So thank you to everybody that helped me out uh, with that Google Doc. And, um you know what, with that being said, uh, we'll see you with Andy Towers next week and we will see you in the Friday shit show group chat and enjoy the rest of your week. On a serious note, thank you very much to all of our very loyal dipshit followers. Uh, really appreciate your support. And again, if you have something that you want to see us, um, we're probably already five steps ahead of it. Keep it to yourself. We'll keep the content train rolling. You keep supporting us. But there is going to be some neat shit in the future, um, you know, as I'm sure we've teased it about 100 times, so I won't, but should be a good time. So with that being said, shout out to our two main sponsors, uh, DraftKings. We really appreciate their support. They have been phenomenal sponsors. We're going through the first actual real DraftKings sponsorship, and it's been an awesome learning curve. And they, we appreciate them being patient with us. We appreciate um, everything that they do for us. Second sideline swap. Um, new used, not used, pre-used, game-worn, all that good shit. Go and check them out. Um, we really appreciate their support as well. So thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to Sideline Swap and the first ever posties in the book. Can't believe it. Look at how far we've come. We will see you next week. <laughs>